Alright. A good to welcome Afraid of Hanukkah. Today's daf is Daf Lamed Zion, page 37. In the Hedelik Mesechus Bavakama, we're up to the Mishnah. About nine lines from the top of the daf. And here we go. We're, we're going to start discussing how an animal becomes a muad for goring. Now we know a, a, a muad is an animal that gores three times. What we're going to learn today is does it have to do with any three times? Does it have to be in specific patterns? Is it possible that oxen in a way are like people where there are certain things that annoy us and others that don't? So maybe an ox is going to be a muad when it gets annoyed in certain ways and that's going to be a tam if it gores, uh, if it gores in other ways. Maybe the ox is a muad for a specific species of animals that it just you know doesn't go for. But other animals it might never touch and therefore it could be a tam for goring one species, but me a muad for goring other species. So a lot of fascinating, uh, a lot of fascinating halachas over here. Let's get going. Says the Mishnah. Sharshu muad l'minoi. If you have a muad, if you have an ox that's a muad for goring oxen, vein muad l'sheni But it's not a muad for anything else. Or muad l'adam. Let's say it's an ox that gores people, vein muad l'behema, but it doesn't gore animals. Muad l'gatana. Maybe it's an ox that only gores small people. Um, more like a or small animals. Ain't a more like a doesn't gore large animals. Eshehu muad lay, mishalim nazik shalim. Whatever it's a muad for, you pay full damage. Ain't a more like it's not a full, uh, if it's not a muad for that thing, mishalim chati nazik, you're going to pay half damages, which means the mission is taking on as a premise. You could be a muad for certain things and not others. This, this axe only gores small. It's not going to be uh, a muad <coughs> if it gores a large ox. And if it gores a large ox, you're still going to pay half damages. Omar Lufay Rabbi Yehuda, they said in front of Rabbi Yehuda, Harez Amur Lashabasis, let's have an axe that only gores on Shabbos, and Murlachayla won't gore during the week. Omar Lehem Lashabas Mishan Nazik Shalim, if it gores on Shabbos, you pay full damages, the Maisachal Mishan Chatznazik, even on specific days. So if it only gores on Saturday, yeah, listen, an axe needs to get the shul. Right? So, uh, like, uh, for Musaf, <laughs> that's a cow, really, right? But, uh, but um, it needs to get the shul. So it gets, during the weekday, you're going to pay chatzinazik. How does an animal lose its status of being a muad and go back to being a tam? Once it's been three situations where it's a muad for and it doesn't damage, it loses its status of muad, goes back to tam. So for example, if I have an ox that gores Shabbos, 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 it's now a muad. If it doesn't gore for the next three weeks, it's back to being a tam. Okay. Says Gemara, we learned of Zid, Amar Zid says, It says in the Mishnah, which means an ox is a muad for goring its own, uh, its own kind, for example, being other oxen, but not for other things. If Papa Amar, Papa says, not that and that's not a muad, it says is not a muad, which means according to Rav Papa, an ox is not a muad. As far as other animals, uh, as far as other animals are concerned, okay. Now, what's going to be the nafkamina? What's going to be the difference? If you have an ox that is a muad for other oxen, but we don't know it to be a muad for anything else, so um, the the question is whether we automatically assume that it's not a muad for other things. What, what's the automatic assumption? 
According to Rav Zvid, it's not an automatic assumption. According to Rav Papa, it is an automatic assumption. Rav Zvid Amar Ve'enamu'atan. Let's get into the practical ramifications of this. Rav Zvid says the way to read the Mishnah is that it's a for an, an ox gores an ox three times. It's a mu'ad for an ox, and it's not an ox, a, a time, uh, and it's not a mu'ad for anything else. What does that mean? Let's say we have an ox that gores in general, and we're not sure about a specific species that ticks it off and makes it upset. So then we're going to assume, you know what? Have a mu'ad. It's a mu'ad unless it creates a pattern for something specific. No, it is not a mu'ad, which means the stomach, that if you don't know something, then it's not. Okay? And therefore, unless you establish and you have a known set pattern, it's not going to be a mu'ad for these things. Rav Zvid Dayak Rav Zvid's coming from his place, drawing a diog, drawing an inference from the end of the Mishnah, and Rav Papa Dayak Mereisha. Let's explain. Rav Papa's coming from the beginning of the Mishnah. Rav Zvid Dayak Mereisha, Rav Zvid's going from the end of the Mishnah. We said, If an axe or small animals, but not big animals, it says in the Mishnah, but it is not a mu'ad, which means that an axe is not known to be a mu'ad regarding bigger animals. So then, it's not going to be. That teaches me that even as far as um, of uh, uh, goring from ketanim to gedalim, if you haven't developed a set pattern, let's say you gored small, big, small, okay, you said it's a mu'ad for everything. You're going to say it is not a mu'ad, so stomach lay of a mu'ad. Unless you establish something specific, it is not a mu'ad. When you have an ox that gores smaller animals, <coughs> it's going to be a mu'ad for any small animal. Stomach lay of a mu'ad. But let's say we don't know for sure what its, uh, what its pattern is. So then it's not going to be a mu'ad for anything else. When it comes to, when it comes to ox goring small animals, do I assume it'll gore big animals? Do you have to even tell me that it's not going to be a mu'ad? Of course it's not going to be a mu'ad. That's push it. If it picks on small ones, it's not going to pick on big ones. It would be extra. And therefore, Rav Zvid says, Rav Papa is going to say, no, I need to mention that in the Mishnah. I would have thought to say, if I wouldn't have mentioned the Mord Lakatan's Mord for Gadol, I would have thought to say, Once this axe has shown that it gores younger animals, Paratz Bay. Let me tell you something. Once it gores small animals, it gores animals. And I don't really be caring if there's specific pattern of goring. This animal gores. You could hear that logic, by the way. You could hear, right? You have a kid you know, transferred over to people. You have a kid who's got a tendency to be vilt. Beating up all his all, all the kids in his class. All right, so the the, the parents should expect that the kid is filled. He, he has wild tendencies. Ah, but he never picked on a kid a grade older than him. He never picked on a kid. Okay, but you should be keeping an extra set of of eyes on him. Once he was pirates, once he breached, once he went somewhere and he shows a certain attitude, this acts parats bay. So you have to assume that he's a more for other things. There's no difference whether it is bigger animals or smaller animals. That's what I would think. The Kiddush of the Mishnah is, no. That if you have an ox that specifically has developed a pattern for smaller animals, Allah is, if it gores a bigger animal, it's going to be considered a tam. 
That is going to be Rav Zvid's halacha and how he infers it from the beginning of the Mishnah, from the Seifa of the Mishnah. Rav Papa Daik Meresha, Rav Papa learns out from the beginning of the Mishnah. Mishnah start out by saying that if, if an ox has a pattern of goring people, it's not considered to be a muad for goring animals. Now, if you're going to tell me that it means it's not a muad, which means we, it's not established to be a muad in those cases, which means in a stam, a regular case, there's no assumption of being a muad. The Mishnah is letting me know that even from uh, goring people to animals, stama lai have a muad. We're not going to be considerate to to be a muad. And the chiddush is, uh, and there's taka chiddush over here that even from adam to behema, he's not going to be a muad. I would say, listen, if an animal gores humans, how much more so will it gore animals? Humans have a better chance of getting out of the way, and we there, there's mazel. To people, right? There's Rabban Shalom and there's Hashkacha Pratis over people. So if it gores people, I'll say Kabachaymer, it's going to gore uh, animals. And therefore, it's a Chiddush that Taka, it would be uh, a Mord. You're going to tell me that it means and it is not a Mord. What's Ve'ena Mord? Katani, Hastama, have a Mord. This would imply that if you have an ox that's stam that hasn't developed a set pattern, it just gored three times, but nothing specific. It's not known to be a moor to other things. Now you'll say, if it becomes a moor for one type of animal, for example, an ox is a moor for oxen, but it hasn't developed a pattern for goring donkeys. Stoma, um, if it's just stam, where it hasn't developed a, a pattern for ox, it's developed for anything, I would say have a moor. But when it comes to uh, 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 being a moor for a people, to transfer that over to be a moor for animals, you're going to have to tell me that it is a mood. Again, that's Pasha. That would be obvious that if you're a mood for goring people, the ox is going to be a mood for goring animals uh, as well. And Memela says Rav Papa, in order to make the Mishnah not redundant, the, the way to learn the Mishnah is that Lai have a mood. It is not a mood. Zid will respond, Reisha, Achazarakai, the beginning of the Mishnah, which says that uh, if an ox is a mood for people, it's not a moor for animals. That's going back on how they can become a tam again. Kigain, for example, let's say you have an ox. That's a moor for everything. It's developed a pattern. It gores animals. It gores humans. Now, listen to this. It's very interesting. So this ox, the next thing it damages is going to pay Nezak Shalim. And then the next three animals it sees, it doesn't damage. So it was a moor for humans and animals. Now, it developed a pattern of not goring animals. But he hasn't shown us that he doesn't gore humans yet. He's now backed out of being a moor for animals. I saw an animal three times, didn't gore. I would have thought to say, since the ox has not proven to not be a Mord for people, you can't even say it's not a mord for, for animals. Says the Chiddush of Zvid like this. See, here's the deal. Let's, let's pause for a minute and get an overview. We're starting with a premise. The premise over here is, if an act scores people, and it developed the pattern, it's a mord. And if it's a mord for people, it's a mord for animals. Okay, that's what I would think. Comes along the Mishnah, not true. Not true. It might just not like people, and it might 
very well like animals. Just because it gores people is not a proof that it will gore animals. Until it creates a pattern for animals. Let me tell you the Chiddush of the Mishnah. The Chiddush of the Mishnah of Ve'enemuotanan is like this. If I have an ox that developed a pattern of goring people and it developed a pattern of goring animals, the additional Chiddush over here is if it sees an animal three times, it doesn't gore. That original logic that we take, that there's a difference in humans and animals, will remain in place here too. And we'll say like this, very nice, it didn't gore an animal three times. It's still a moor for humans, and it's now not going to be a moor for animals. Ah, we said a logic earlier, that it's more sensible for it to gore animals. So once you're keeping it a muad for people, certainly it should keep a muad for animals, even if it didn't gore three times an animal. But it should keep it like that, because it's still goring humans. And it's been a muad for both. Just because it, it developed a pattern of not being a muad for animals means that, it's, that, that uh, uh, I, I would think that it means you're still a muad for, that, that maybe, I would think that you... You're not reverting. That's the word I'm looking for. You're not reverting from your pattern because Lemaisa, you're still goring humans. And maybe while you're still goring humans, we're going to say you cannot lose your status of muad vis-a-vis animals. Kamashulam, the Chiddush is like this. You're a muad for people, you're a muad for animals. And now you develop a pattern of not goring animals, you're a tam for animals. But for people, you're still a muad. Okay. That's the Chiddush of Rav Zvid. May say that's a challenging question. Sumchis Aymer, Sumchis says, Muad la Adam. If you're a Muad for people, Muad la Behema, you're certainly going to be a Muad for animals, Kava Chaymer. Logically, Yuma Muad la Adam Muad, just like an ox scores a person, la Behema like Koshkain, how much more so for animals is it going to be a muad? Like we said before, people have mazel protecting them and the animal's still goring. How much more so will it gore an animal? Mechlal, you could imply from Sumchis. The Tanakama in a muad kamar. Sumchis says this logic, but according to the Tanakama, we don't assume that if you gore humans, you gore animals. Now, if you don't assume that humans and animals go hand in hand, Rav Zvid is out of the water. Again, Rav Zvid's whole approach is, oh, I'll tell you the Chiddush. I would have thought that even if you lose your status from animals, you still keep your Muad status because you're still goring people. So you can't revert from your animals as long as you're a Muad for people. That's what I want to teach you, says Rav Zvid. Says the Gemara, come on, that's not a Chiddush. Nobody would have thought that. Our Tanakama doesn't think that. Only Sunchas thinks that. Our Tanakama holds... That just because you're a muad la'adam does not mean you're a muad la'behema. And since the two things are totally separate, why would I think that if I lose my muad status for behema, I would lose my status for people? It's not true. I wouldn't think such a thing. Amalach Razvid, Razvid will respond. Sumchas Sumchas also is explaining how to lose your status of, of uh, ta. This is going to say the Chazara, the way that a behemoth loses its status of a muad is, is uh, how it loses its status, I disagree with. I want to tell you something. 
if an animal, if an ox is a, is a muad for people and animals, and it doesn't go on an animal three times, it stays a muad. The fact that it keeps goring people. How much more so can we, do we say that it will continue to gore animals? And over here, the Tanakama will work with Rav Zvid. Will, may very well go, uh, go hand in hand. Amar Ravashi, Ravashi says, Toshma. You know what? Once we're saying that Rizvid is not necessarily wrong, let's come and prove that he's actually right. Amar Luhu, Rabbi Yehud. Amar Luhu, Rabbi Yehud, the center of Rabbi Yehud. Arei Muad L'Shabbosos. Let's say you have an ox that gores every Shabbos. Vene Muad L'Chol, Moise Chol, and hasn't established a pattern of goring on a weekday. Amar Lehem. L'Shabbosos, M'Shalim, M'Shalim, M'Shabbos, you pay full damages. The Moise Chol, M'Shalim, 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 on the weekday, you pay half damages. This is our Mishnah. Now, If it says, and it's not a Muad, like uh, like Rav Zvid, so Shailu uh, Shailu who the Kamish Shaili they they asked him a question about being a muad for Shabbos and he was answering about the same uh, he was answering about the same case and it is not a muad okay so it's a muad for Shabbos and it is not a muad for weekday fine clear cut answer however you're going to tell me. That it is not a muad. It's not a muad. When you're a muad for Shabbos, it is not a muad for weekday. Were they talking to him? Were they telling their Rebbe the halacha? Because according to this, it's, the Mishnah reads, if it's a muad for Shabbos, it is not a muad for weekday. Which means they're telling Rebbe Yehuda the halacha. Now that's a problem. Because Yehuda is the Rebbe. If they're sending a question, that means he's the one giving the response, not them. If it ain't ve, they're stating the facts. We don't want students to be the one to state the facts, and that's forbidden to do. They bring Mara Lacha Befrei Rab. They're giving up Saka for the Rabbi Vesu. And furthermore, Ihumai Kamahadulu. What's Rabbi Huda responding? They're telling him the halacha, and he's saying the halacha. Shkayach Maishatovia. Nothing was helped. So it's got to be that uh, it's got to be that it's ve enaymuad. Amar of Yanai. If says, the same way it's implied from the end of the Mishnah, you can imply that Rav, that Rav, uh, Rav Zvid is correct from the beginning of the Mishnah as well. To Katani, we said, whatever the ox is a mord for, you pay full damage, whatever it's not a mord for, you pay half damages. If you're going to tell me, but it is not a mord, and it is not a mord, then it's fine. Pirusha Kamavar is coming to explain. But if it means it is not a mord, which is that this is a halacha, and not that it's an offshoot of a halacha. So Pascha, you already gave up psaq, you already gave the halacha. My su, what else are you saying? A shamur, loy, whatever's a mur for him, mishalim nezek, shalim shkayach. I already know that. Veshe'inimur, loy, mishalim chatzim nezek. The Mishnah's, it's already taught, taught me the halacha. There's nothing added over here. Ad-hashtun la'yashminan, the hatam mishalim chatzim nezek, a mur, mishalim nezek, shalim. Didn't already know that until now, since it would be a repetition of a halacha, there's, it would be unnecessary. Bottom line is, it's coming. It's not coming to state halacha. It's coming to be an offshoot of halacha. And Rav Zvid is correct. Very well. Okay, let's go right. Says the Gemara. And now that we prove that Rav Zvid can, marry, can may very well work very well with our Mishnah. Now let's go to Rav Papa's explanation. Okay. Now Rav Papa's explanation is that Rav Papa said that just because you're, you're a moor for something doesn't make you a moor for anything else. What would happen if an ox gores first an ox and then a donkey and then a camel? 
what would it be say? Nasa muar lakoil. He becomes a muad for every type of animal, not only uh, those three specifically. Rav Papa will agree that if you if you uh, develop a pattern of different animals, you'll be a muad for everything. Okay, period. End of that back and forth, trying to get into the uh, nitty-gritty of how Rav Papa and Rav Zvid understand the Mishnah. And now the Gemara is going to change course and give us new cases, brand new Gemara. This is actually a very short Gemara until we get to some further questions. Tanra, part of the rabbis, learn so should we. Rosh or Nagach, if you, if, a, if an ox sees an ox and gores, Shar, it sees an ox, loy Nagach, and doesn't gore. Shar, it sees a third ox, Nagach, and gores it. Shar, it sees a fourth ox, loy Nagach, and does not gore it. Shar, it sees, it sees a fifth ox, Nagach, and gores it. Shar, it sees a sixth ox, and does not gore it, which means it's developed a pattern of goring every other ox. We say it now becomes a patterned muad for oxen. And the halacha is, get ready, every even-numbered ox that it sees, you'll pay half damage on, and every, I'm sorry, every odd number, am I right? Every odd number ox, you'll pay half damage on, and every even number, uh, uh, no, what, let me say this again. It, it gored one, didn't gore two. Gored three, didn't gore four. So it's goring the odd numbers. I'm sorry. So every odd number that it gores, you pay full damage. Every even number that it gores, you're going to pay half damage. One of the rabbis learned, that's why the rabbis, Ra'ashar Nagach, if an ox sees another ox and gores it, and then Chamar Belay Nagach, he sees a donkey that doesn't gore it. Sus, it sees a horse, Nagach and gores it. And then Gambal sees a camel and doesn't gore it. Then it sees a ferd, a mule, Nagach and gores it. A ride, it sees a wild donkey, Lay Nagach, it doesn't gore it. Allah is, Nasimur, let's say, It becomes a muad for all species on odd numbers. Same thing we said in the previous Brisa, where you become a muad. In other words, every time it develops a pattern, it's now the responsibility of the owner to be extra vigilant in that situation. You're not being extra vigilant. Allah is, you're going to pay Nezak Shali. They ask the question searching for information. Nagach, top of Amadiz, Shar, Shar, Vishar, Hamar, Vigamal, Mahu. See, this is fascinating. This is why you need math. Let's say the ox gores. Ox, 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 donkey, camel. Now notice the third ox can either be viewed as the third ox of oxen or the first of three different species. Because number three out of five is a middle number. So how do you view the muad now? Is the ox a muad of oxen? Because the first three were oxen. Yeah, because, sure. Because we don't, because until when he does the third... When, it, when he does the third goring... Right, of an ox, yeah. We don't know what he's, if he's going to do anything after that. Beautiful. Now he gores a donkey and a camel, though. What? You're right. So for sure, Yale's pointing out, you're going to be a muad for oxen, because after three, you're done. But now, yeah, let me ask you. Now, he's gonna go, now he gores donkey and camel. Yeah, so that's something... That's... Uh, no, so I want to know. The Gemara wants to know... Okay. 
Is he a muad for all species now or not after goring just two different animals? You say yes. You say number three works and is dancing at two chasnas. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Says the Gemara, Haishar Basra, the last ox, number three, Basra Shvarim Shadinale, do we put it with the first three, Vakati Shvarim Hudiyayid? And therefore, it's only a muad for oxen, Lamidi Achrina Layayid, but it is not a muad for anything else until it gores a sixth time. I don't, or perhaps Haishar Basra. The ox number three, Basar Hamar Begamal Shadinale, is also the first of donkey gamel, the Yaidile Lechulumine. And you should be an ox, f- and, and you should be a muad for everything. So that's Shiloh number one. Now, Shiloh number two, what if it goes in the other way? What if an ox gores a donk, a Hamara donkey, Begamal, a camel, an ox, and then ox, ox? Mahu, what is the halacha? Same Shiloh the other way, and let's get into this. Hi, Sharkama, the first ox, which is also animal number three. Do we put it with the first group? And now it already became a, it already became a uh, muad for all types of animals. Or perhaps, we put it with the uh, other axon. But it's not, a, it's not for anything else. Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos. What if it gores three Shabbos in a row? Echad Shabbos, then it gores on Sunday, and then Sheni Shabbos on Monday. Mao, what is the Allah? Hi Shabbos Basraisa, Basar Shabbos Uzinale. The Shabbos number three. Do we categorize it with the first ones? Vakati the Shabbos Udayid, and he's a mood for Shabbosim, the Maisachoyid, and it's not a mood for weekdays because the weekdays now only have two gorings, only on Sunday and Monday. I doma basar echad bishabas, vishini bishabas shadinale, the ayidle the kuliyaimun. He should be a mood for all days of the week. Or what about Hamishi Bishabas, Arab Shabbos, Vishabas, Shabbos, Shabbos? Instead of going Shabbos into Sunday, what if it goes Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos? Mao, what is the Allah? And let's explain. Ha Shabbos Kamaisa, the first Shabbos, which is the third goring. Basar Chamishi B'Shabbos, Verb Shabbos, you know, it goes with Thursday and Friday, and therefore it should be a mood for all days of the week. I don't know, perhaps. Ha Shabbos Kamaisa, Basar Shabbos, we put it with the first one. Shabbos, Hudiyayid, answers the Gemara, Teiku. The question stands. We're going to have to wait for your Navi to come. Says the Gemara. What if an axe gores on the 15th day of Teves? And the 16th day of Shabbat. And the 17th day of Adar Aleph. So you see, it's developed a pattern of moving on to the next day of the next month. This brings us to the Machagasin Rav and Shmuel. Dimar, we learned, if you have a woman who sees a flow of dam rending her anida on the 15th day of one month, the 16th day of the next month, the 7th day of the next month, Rav Amar, Kabbalah Vest. Rav says that's considered to have established a set pattern and she doesn't need to be concerned about flows on any other day, she needs to have um, three times where she had dilugim, which means you're going to have to have one more time. So she has three intervals. See, right now she has three sightings, but there's two intervals between the sightings. According to Shmuel, she needs a tishalish bedilug. She needs to have uh, uh, a fourth sighting. That has to happen one more time. And Mamela, let's take it back to our halacha. So if you have an ox that gores on the 15th, day of one month, 
the 16th of the next month, the 17th of the next month, the halacha is, according to Rav, it, um, it's uh, Amud. According to Shmuel, not until it does it again on the 18th day of the next month. Can we get tickets? Amar Rav says, Shama, if an ox hears a shofar blowing, and it gores, call shofar v'nagach, hears a shofar blowing, and it gores, call shofar Every time he hears the sound of a shofar, it gores. Nasemur, the shofaras, it's considered a mud for goring whenever the sounding of a shofar, which means it's the responsibility of the owner to make sure that if he's ever around the shofar, keep your hands on your axe. Make sure he ain't moving. Pshita, says Gemara, what's unique about this halacha? It's a simple, Mahudeva, I would have thought to say, Maybe you have to wait for a fourth time. Because the first one, it didn't gore because Shifers calls it the gore. Maybe the first time it gored just because it got scared and it was, it was sudden. And uh, that's like what, you know, and there's a game we used to play. I really should keep playing, but I don't play basketball much anymore. Um, when you didn't have enough guys for a two-on-two in basketball and there was only three guys, you couldn't have a one-on-one and exclude somebody. So there's a game that we played called 21, where it's basically... A one-on-one on one. Everybody's on their own team, but playing at once. Okay? So one guy gets a shot, and if you hit the foul shot, you get that's one point, you get another shot. And if you miss it, you keep going until you miss, and once you miss, they get the rebound and they, they go the next whatever. The next guy got the rebound, takes it back, and uh, and now you gotta play two guys play defense on him. All right, whatever. Doesn't matter how the game goes. One of the rules of the game is that in order to start scoring points, any rebounds or layups or anything you have, jump shots, you don't get points until you hit your first foul shot, which means you have to score, and then you go to the foul line, you go to the free throw line, and you hit. once you hit your first free throw, now you have the schus to start st- scoring points. Until then, you can hit as many shots as you want, it doesn't count. And you, you, the game goes till 21. Okay. So that's the Gemara saying here. It says... If he hears three times, Shaifer and Gors, Zemur. Pshita says no. Maybe the first time that it heard a Shaifer and Gord, that's your first free throw. You're breaking the ice to start. He never heard of such a thing before, but it doesn't count towards being a Mord. It just Gord out of fright. And maybe it's the next three times, once you broke the ice, you can start scoring points, so to speak. You could start, uh, now it's three uh, to be a Mord. So Kamash Malan, the Kiddush is no. That even the first time is counted. Says the Mishnah Vaiter. If an axe of a personal yid. Gord axe of hektish, we shall hektish, or an axe of base amikdash. Gord an axe of regular yid, potter. The halacha is both ways. The halacha is you are potter. There's no obligation to pay. The Gemara will explain why. And the Mishnah is about to explain why. Shinamar, as it says, Sharei Eyu. The only time you have to pay for your ox damaging is when it's another year the same as you. But not when there's an ox of hectish involved. Ox of a year that goes an ox of a guy, potter. You're going to have to pay Nezek Shalem, which the Gemara on tomorrow's daf will explain why there's a difference between a Yid goring a non-Jew and a non-Jew goring a Yid. This Mishnah, by the way, has been brought up many times in court over our history by anti-Semites and people who are trying to prove 
that Yidin uh, don't have any respect for non-Jewish property. But we will get into this, Bez Hashem, when we get to the Gemara. Says the Gemara, Masisim like Roshim ben Menasya, our mission is not following Roshim ben Menasya, not going to the Brisa. Shor shal hedish nagach, shor shal hekdish, shivin aksev hedyai, kors aksev hekdish, shor shal hekdish, shor shal hedyai, potter shavar shoriyeyu, v'lai shor shal hekdish, Roshim ben Menasya. So that's, that's consistent with our mission. However, says the Gemara, Roshim ben Menasya, oimer shor shal hekdish nagach, shor shal hedyai, potter, v'shal hedish, shor shal hekdish, my axe. Gors Hegdish's axe. I do need to pay. Unlike our mission. Our mission says nisht. Our Gemara, this Brisa says yo. So Roshim ben Menasya says you do need to pay. Says the Gemara, Amri, they said, Where's his logic coming from? Why does he say that if Hegdish gores me, Hegdish is off the hook? But if I gore Hegdish, I need to pay. He's Ereyeyu. If it's because of Ereyeyu, you gore your friend, Dafka. If it's Mamish. So then why... When I go hectish, do I need to pay? If you look hectish, I go hectish. The pot should be off the hook. If reyeu means another yid, so then you shouldn't have to pay either way. If a friend means not another yid and it's not specific, if you look hectish, nami kinagak dead lechayev. So then it should be two ways. Ask the Gemara a basic question, which is I don't understand. Why in the world would hectish be off the hook for goring a personal axe and a personal axe be on the hook? It's all learned out from the same verse. So how could it not be a two-way street? V'chitim, if you're going to tell me, really it means that it needs to be another friend. And the reason, even so, the reason when I gore hektish, I need to pay mishum to come, it's just because of a kavachaymer, that the same way, the same way if my axe gores another yid's axe, I'm obligated. So when my axe gores the Lord's axe, how much more so? Well, let me tell you something. You can't be any more than your original source. It doesn't make any sense, and I'll tell you why. Says the Gemara. If the reason why when, I, when my axe gores hectish, I need to pay is because logic. If I'm going to pay somebody else, I got to pay hectish. Well, I got a problem. You know why? Because when I pay somebody else, how much do I pay? Half. Half until the fourth time. But by hectish, we're saying you're paying full right off the bat. So that don't make sense. That can't be the source. Elam Reish rather Reish says, Really? Really, really, really? Every time you gore, my axe gores, I should have to pay Nezek Shalim. Okay? Tam, Muad, everything. Everything. Now that it says, by Tam, when it's Re'eyu, you pay off damages. What a pshat. Says Re'eyu Shlokish like this. Let me tell you something. You want to know why you're paying half damage by somebody and, and, and Nezik Shalim by everybody else? I'll tell you why. Every time your property damages, sweetie, you got to pay full. No excuse. There happens to be a leniency in the Torah which says, Shore'eyu, you pay half. But if it's ever not Re'eyu, if I, my ox ever damages something that's not my friend, i.e. Hektish, the Beis HaMikdash, it's going to stick with the full payment. Hence, the logic of Rav Shimba Benasya is, if Hektish gores me, putter. If I gore Hektish, why? Because if I gore Hektish, Chayav. Why? Because Re'eyu just tells me I'm paying half on the tam. It's not telling me that I'm off the hook. 
I'm still on the hook from Nezek Sholem. The Imkain, one more line on tomorrow's daf. Because if it would be that Re'eyu means your mamish potter, Nichtoiv Kra Lahai Re'eyu Gabi Muad. See, it says the word Re'eyu by Tam. It doesn't say the word Re'eyu by Muad, which means that the whole purpose of the word Re'eyu is to create a half damage by Re'eyu. But it's not here to get everybody else off the hook. Hence, the reason why Hashem Manasya argues on Armisha, again, Armisha says you're putter either way. Re'eyu's Davka, you don't need to pay if I go Hektish, Hektish scores me. As it says Hashem Manasya, if I go Hektish, I do need to pay Nezek Shalim. Where is he coming from? How is he understanding the Pasuk? He says, because Re'eyu is said by Tam, it's not stated by Muad. Hence, um, uh, by Tam, if, it's, if I'm not Re'eyu, the full damage is going to remain in effect. We'll hold it here for today. I get the vach and I'll freely everybody. Best tomorrow morning, nine thirty a.m. for daf.